It was 2018. The Philadelphia Eagles had never won a Super Bowl. For many players on the team, the city, and legions of fans, winning this big game against the New England Patriots was everything. A moment so many had waited their entire lives to experience. But for a few key players who made it happen, Christ came first. Hi, I'm Charles Morris. You're listening to the Great Stories podcast just before the Philadelphia Eagles are about to attempt their second ever Super Bowl. Now, having lived in both Philadelphia and Kansas City at different times in my life, I cannot, will not, any way say publicly who I'm rooting for. I'll leave that to your imagination. But back in 2018, I was all in for the Eagles, especially after I saw MVP Nick Foles give all the glory to his creator. And so five years after that Super Bowl win, I thought we should return to an interview I did with Josh Cooley, author of The Biggest Win, Pro Football Players Tackle Faith, to talk about the faith of these young men who pray in the locker room and boldly give thanks to God in the field. And so, whether you're rooting for the Chiefs or Eagles this Sunday, I pray this will bolster your own faith leading up to North America's biggest primetime event. But first, let's meet Joshua Cooley. Welcome to Haven Today, and we're traveling from the West Coast, where we originate, to the East Coast. And on the line with us from North Carolina, where he is a sports writer, but he's also a pastor at a church, Joshua Cooley. Josh, welcome to this program for the very first time. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me on today, Charles. I appreciate it. A friend of mine got in touch with me recently. She sent a copy of a manuscript you had written, and the book is called The Biggest Win. And, well, really, it's about being a professional athlete, and in the case of your book, a professional football player. And essentially, your book is about the Philadelphia Eagles. And something that really struck me is unusual is here's a pro football team that's had a 30-year Bible study going on. You mind explaining that a little bit to us? Yeah. Well, the the story of the Eagles uh, and their Bible study is really phenomenal. Uh, no one knows exactly when it started, but as best they can tell, it has been going on at least since the days of Reggie White. Um, their their chaplain let me know that it's been going on at least since uh, the Minister of Defense was terrorizing. <laughs> opposing offenses, and uh, it's it's been going strong since then. Josh, you got to participate with this pro football team before they were really famous, <laughs> before they went to the Super Bowl or knew they were going to go to the Super Bowl. What's it like on the inside, and are the Eagles unusual for the number of players that study the Bible together and encourage each other in their faith in Christ together? Not everybody's a Christian that plays football. That's right, Charles. Um, yeah, I would say so. I would say their faith is, um, uh, it really stands out, and, and the number of guys on the team is definitely unique. That's actually one thing that really stood out to me when I got to know them. When I first became involved with, with them and their team was for a Bible study magazine story. I started writing on them in the spring of 2017. The, the, the article came out in the fall of 2017. So as I was writing that story, 
I was just so impressed with their faith, their knowledge of God's Word, their desire to come together in Christian community. That's not something I had seen much uh, over my 20-plus years as a sports writer, and uh, certainly not something that I had seen a collective body of Christians on a professional sports team uh, do together. So I, I thought, wow, I wonder if there's something here than just one magazine story. So I pitched the idea to New Growth Press, the publisher. Uh, they liked it. I went back to the players, the six players that uh, were featured in the magazine. They all thought the idea was great, which thrilled me. And uh, the, the book really took off from there. And again, this is all uh, now uh, July, early August of 2017, uh, even before the season began, their Super Bowl season. So that's when the book was really starting to take form. You know, sometimes, Josh, fame can go to your head, even if you're a Christian. But these guys were practicing their faith with sincerity before they got famous. Tell us a little bit about these guys that you sat down with and and started talking to with the eagles that love Jesus. Yeah, again, that's that's the thing that really drew me to them is... Um, you know, as a, as a longtime believer myself, as a sports writer, I just love telling stories about people, about athletes who uh, are not just great at what they do on the ball field uh, or on the, the basketball court or whatever sport they play. I love telling stories about guys and girls who are making a difference uh, in their faith. And so that's what stuck out to me about these guys. Um, they're just, they were so passionate about their faith. Um, they're so passionate about their knowledge of God's Word. I mean, when I first met these guys, they were just quoting Scripture left and right. They knew God's—yeah, they, they, they knew God's Word. They knew it well. They were passionately pursuing Bible study together. They were telling me stories about how they would get up early in the morning or stay up late at night to do individual study, to do corporate study— um, just all the things they would do to make it work for them in the very busy NFL, you know, schedules that they have to keep. Um, so that's what really impressed me. Um, these guys just um, in their busy lives, in the, the training camp schedule, in the, the, you know, regular season schedule, they were just pursuing the love of Christ. And, uh, you know, th they do this when no one's watching and they they do this when 70,000 people on a Sunday afternoon are watching. And so that's the story that I wanted to tell. Well, let's talk about how this worked its way out on a Super Bowl team. Both of these guys were quarterbacks. And when you're in a highly competitive uh, situation like uh, the NFL, it's not just the competition with the team you're going to be playing the next week or in the playoffs or in the Super Bowl. If you're a quarterback and your good friend is a quarterback, there's a competition with each other. And just how did it go? Carson Wentz was injured. It was Nick Foles who took over and won the Super Bowl. One got the glory. The other unexpectedly did not. And yet they both follow another kind of glory. How in the world does that work out? Yeah, that is really one of the most amazing stories, really the kind of the subplots of the 2017 Super Bowl season for them. Um, you know, Carson was on his way to an MVP season, and then, you know, week 14, 
he gets injured against the Los Angeles Rams and, and Nick comes in just really cold off the sideline and he leads his team to a Super Bowl and no one other than the guys in the locker room think that he can do it. I mean, it was, it was remarkable and that's what made the season so, so amazing. <laughs> um, but it's the brotherhood that these guys had that is even more amazing than what Nick did on the field. They genuinely love each other. And I've spent a lot of time talking to Carson, a lot of time talking to Nick, and these guys genuinely love each other as brothers. Carson genuinely supported Nick, and Nick genuinely felt bad and loved his Christian brother Carson um, while Carson was on the sideline, um, you know, healing from his injury. So it wasn't a vicious kind of dog eat dog kind of thing, you know, as they're, you know, going for the number one quarterback spot like you see so many other places in, in, uh, in sports. It was just two guys supporting each other in whatever role they had at the time. There's, a, there's some neat stories um, that I tell about how Nick, um, Nick made coffee for the whole team. Uh, th- this is a this is a guy who threw for 27 touchdowns, uh, two interceptions in 2013, mm-hmm. set NFL records just a few years earlier, and he humbled himself to uh, to come in early when Carson was healthy. Carson was a starter. Carson is the guy who sets the schedule for all the other quarterbacks in the quarterback room all throughout the season, and Nick comes in and hum- and humbles himself and says, "Well." I'm the backup, I'm the number two guy, and I'm gonna make coffee at 6.30 a.m. every morning for the rest of the guys, and so that's what he did. That's certainly the spirit of Christ at work, and let's just chew on that a little bit more. These guys you got to know really well up close. Life isn't always as easy as it appears to be from the outside. Even if you're making a lot of money to have your body pummeled uh, at least once a week, much less at practice, you got to know these guys and saw how they had their down moments too, and yet the Lord was able to break through. Can you share one of those examples with us? I, I tell you, one of the guys I really enjoyed getting to know most was Trey Burton, uh, he's a tight end. He got the opportunity to sign uh, from Philadelphia to the Chicago Bears in the offseason, so he's in Chicago now. But um, boy, what, what an amazing story Trey has. He grew up in a single-parent home, so he, he didn't really know his father um, growing up, and I, I share that story, so I would encourage anyone um, who's reading this book to check that out. He just, he just has an amazing story, uh, just a very moving story of not really knowing his dad. And so that, that was very difficult for him and his siblings. And he, he came up just playing football in Florida. He was a high school star at Venice High School. And uh, football meant a great deal to him. He got recruited to possibly become the next Tim Tebow at the University mm. of Florida. Um, and wow. uh, that actually didn't really pan out. And that was really frustrating to him. Um, he wasn't used at quarterback nearly as much as he wanted to. And that was just, uh, he experienced a lot of frustrations there. So just a lot going on in his life. Uh, He had some other personal situations going on in college too. And so when he came out of college, he was undrafted 
And of course, for any, anyone who is putting as much um, stock in, mm-hmm. his, in, in football as he was, that was, that was tough. And so I, just, I go into all of that in the book, and I, I talk about you know, just the, the draft day experience that he and his wife, Yesenia, were going through and, and, and not getting that call. Um, and, and just the letdown that was, you know, waiting, you know, three, four, five, six, seven rounds and not getting that phone call and, and just struggling through that. But then God brought him to Philadelphia uh, as an undrafted free agent and he, he made the roster and he, you know, was a special teams player and, and got a few touches here and there on, you know, at tight end. And now look where he is. You know, he, he threw the Philly special to Nick Foles in the Super Bowl, one of the most iconic, famous, mm. I- instantly famous catches in, in Philadelphia history. And he signed a big free agent contract with uh, Chicago. He loves the Lord. He and his wife are doing amazing things with International Justice Mission. Um, they're, they're fighting the uh, international sex trade and human trafficking. Mm. They're doing amazing things for the Lord. Um, and it's just an amazing story of what God can do through someone who, uh, who turns his life over to him and, uh, you know, just surrenders everything, even though he comes through, uh, you know, from a difficult, uh, background. Mm. It means there's hope for all of us, right? Amen. Did you ever see how that faith rubbed off, how they shared that faith with somebody else and how that could be an encouragement to the rest of us who follow Jesus. Yeah, well, I remember Trey Burton sharing a story with me, um, and and we talk about this in one of the chapters. Um, I believe it's chapter ten, and I call it Commission Possible. You know, there's an old old TV show, um, Mission Possible, and I just kind of riff off that Commission Possible because you know Jesus gives us the Great Commission. Um, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. And so sports is a great way to do that. Sports breaks down um, a lot of barriers um, and, and just opens up people to a lot of conversations that might, might not happen. And so the Eagles mm-hmm. know that, and they were able to, uh, and they still are able to, to do that. And so I'm, I'm encouraging um, athletes who read this book to use sports to have those gospel centered conversations with your teammates and others around you that you might not be able to have otherwise. But anyway, Trey told this story of, um, uh, I think it was maybe two or three seasons ago. Um, there was a, there was a rookie on the team with, with the Eagles at that time. And, uh, he had been just watching quietly watching some of the Christians on the team. Um, this rookie wasn't a believer yet. And uh, he didn't say much, but just, just kind of watching in the background at how, how these Christian players um, would go off and um, meet frequently, study the Bible. They'd go off and, you know, um, into the hotel room on a Saturday night and meet together and do Bible study and all these things and, you know, pr- pray on the sideline and pray at midfield, you know, after games and things like that. And, and, and anyway, one day he, he comes up to... Um, Trey, who was his roommate on the road at the time, and Trey was getting ready to leave to go um, into one of the other teammates' hotel rooms to do one of these Saturday night Bible studies. And the rookie says, hey, man, where are you going? And he says, oh, I'm just going to pray with some of the guys. And, and the rookie says, can I come too? And, and Trey's eyes light up, and he says, oh, yeah, sure, I would love for you to come. <laughs> That's allowed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, please, please. 
you know, please come. And so the guy comes up to the other teammates hotel room and uh, he just starts bombarding them with questions. You know, why do you guys do this? Why are you guys Mm -hmm. different? Why do you guys have these Bible studies? Why don't you guys um, have sex with your girlfriend before marriage? He started asking some hard-hitting questions from what Trey told me um, Mm -hmm. and and all these different things. And they answered him candidly and let him talk. And and, uh, Trey said that I think it was about one o'clock or so in the morning, the guy finally said, I want what you guys have. I want to I want to accept Christ into my life. Mm. And uh, so it was just a wonderful moment of salvation for this man. And uh, uh, praise, praise God for God. that. <laughs> Tell us about Saturday night chapels and midweek Bible studies. Yeah, well, I, th- I think one thing that uh, is really special about this team is that um, these guys, as I said before, just they get after God's word and community with each other throughout the week. Um, And I focused on six specific players in the book, Uh, Nick Foles, Carson Wentz, Trey Burton, Zach Ertz, Chris Maragos, and Jordan Hicks. But there were other believers on the team too. And so these guys were meeting together uh, with Chaplain Ted Winsley at different points throughout the week. And they were uh, meeting at each other's houses. Um, They did um, team functions together. They would do couples Bible studies where they brought in their wives just for that, that relational building, because it's just, it's so important for these guys and for any pro athlete, you know, who's married just to get that, uh, that time together with their wives and for the wives to get together as well, because these guys are on the road so much, they're at practice so much. So that's, that's just a huge component. And they realize that, um, and then, um, their Saturday night chapels uh, and Bible studies are really important. Sometimes it, all that looks like is just getting together in a hotel room uh, with the rest of the guys. These guys are in hotel rooms even when they're at home, when they're not on the road. Mm-hmm. The team wants mm-hmm. them just in a hotel room so they know where they're at and they've got a curfew for the next day's game. And so they make it a point just to gather together in the hotel room to share verses with each other or read a, a portion of scripture or sing some uh, Christian worship songs together or whatever the case may be. So they're just looking for ways to, to worship the Lord together, and I think that's really neat. Josh, a pro football player has to be extremely disciplined on the field, off the field. Their lives are busy. Yeah, they have a little time off now and then, but uh, that would carry over for those who are followers of Jesus, I would think, as well. How do the Christians prioritize their life and get things in the right order? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, I dedicate a chapter in The Biggest Win to that topic. It's called Training to Win. So obviously that has sports connotations. Uh, every athlete trains to win, but if if you're thinking, I think I've read that somewhere in the Bible, then, then you're thinking correctly, right? Because Paul talks about that too. <laughs> yes, yes, he does. Um, you know, Paul lived in a world where uh, athletes and, and athletics were all around him, right? Um, and so he, he used those analogies and those metaphors to connect with even his first century readers which I think is really cool. So I, I draw on a lot of those principles. Um, 
So anyway, we, we, we train to win as, as Christians much in the same way as athletes train to win. Um, it, it takes diligence and it takes uh, purpose and it takes time to get to know the Lord better and to grow in our faith. It doesn't just magically happen. Um, mm. So, you know, to, to get to know the Lord better, we have to go to the book he's given us um, to, to do that, which is the Bible. So we have to make time for, for Bible study. And, and again, that's one of the things that impressed me so much about the, the eagles that I uh, feature in the book. These guys made time for Bible study. They made time for prayer. How do you get to know someone if you don't talk to them? Well, you can't. And so we have to, we have to make time to talk to our Heavenly Father. So Bible study, prayer, you know, living in Christian community, you know, finding a good, solid, gospel-centered, Bible-believing church. These are all part of training to win. Um, so just, you know, it, it, it's not a liturgical, you know, pharisaical type of thing. Uh, we're not doing it to check off a box. We're doing it out of the overflow of a, of a heart that loves the Lord and wants to know Him better. There's something I've seen on Instagram, Facebook, a lot of people who play ball— any kind of athlete, many will use the verse, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And they take that so literally that they miss the point of the verse. They're trying to make it about their being special, their being good, their being above everybody else. That's not how you take that verse. And what I'm hearing from you, Josh, is... That's not the way these brothers in the Lord on the Super Bowl winning Philadelphia Eagles take that verse that followed Jesus. I think I'm right in saying that, aren't I? Yeah, exactly. Uh, in fact, I devote a whole chapter in the book to, uh, to just how can an athlete uh, handle the Word of God properly. And, and of course, the, the key verse that uh, so many athletes do not handle properly is Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so I talked about that a lot with, with uh, Nick and Carson and the rest of the Eagles, because that verse is very, very much abused. It's kind of like a, uh, a, a good luck charm. If, if I believe in God, if I, if I have Jesus in my pocket, I can go out and score 30 points a game, or I can, you know, throw three touchdowns a game, or I can, you know, score a hat trick if I'm a soccer player, or whatever the case may be. But that's that's not what that verse means. Um, and um, you know, the, the Eagles that I spoke to talk about that. Um, you know, when Paul wrote those words, he was sitting in a sitting in a Roman prison. <laughs> he was he he was he was talking about being content. He was talking about being content in whatever situation God puts you in, whether you have much or whether you have little. And so Nick and Carson and the rest of the guys speak to that in the book. And so the, the message I want to get to athletes who read The Biggest Win is wherever God has put you in your athletic journey, um, you can be content. You can do all things through Christ if you're on the bench, if you're the star of the game, um, or wherever you're at. Look what happened with uh, Carson and Nick, um, just even in the 2017 season. They could find contentment in Christ in, in all things, um, and, and that played out in their lives uh, even just last season. Mm. 
What's your takeaway after having spent so much time with this Super Bowl winning team and several of the Christians on this team? What would the takeaway be for a non-athlete? What could they learn from these followers of Jesus that are professional football players? Well, I think it goes back to one thing that I talk about in chapter two. Um, You know, these guys are motivated by God's glory, and you don't have to be an athlete for that uh, message to resonate with you. But um, for for athletes, for non-athletes, I think it's a question we all ask in life. You know, why are we here? Why do we do what we do? What's Mm -hmm. the what's the purpose in Mm -hmm. life? And for for these six specific players, you know, they've, they've answered that question by saying, I'm going to do what I do every day, play football for the glory of God. Um, and so I would want anyone who reads this book to walk away saying, um, whether I'm an athlete or whether I'm maybe not an athlete, you know, what's the purpose of my life? And I would challenge um, that reader to, to consider saying, I want to live my life for the glory of God. I want to live my life for the glory of something greater than myself. Uh, It should be for the glory of the one who created me. That's what Nick and Carson and the rest of these guys have have chosen to do, and that's what I would challenge the reader to do. You know, uh, 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Amen. Joshua, do you mind just leading us in prayer that God would speak to all of us and that all of us, whatever our role in life, wherever he's put us, we don't have to be a pro football player. Would, would you lead us in prayer that, that we too could see the glory of God? I'd be happy to. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you now just humbled and grateful for the opportunity to pray to you. We know that it's only by the shed blood of your son that we can approach you. Thank you so much. Father, we just thank you that you loved us so much that you gave your only son to die for our sins. And we just thank you for the opportunity to worship you and glorify you no matter where we are in life. We could be an athlete or we could be in any other profession, but you call us to glorify you with the gifts and the talents that you have given us. So I thank you for the example of these six young men who have Uh, just done amazing things on the football field. Thank you for their example of glorifying you. And I ask you that um, anyone who's listening to this program today would, with the gifts and skills you've given them, glorify you in their lives as well. Father, thank you again for loving us through your son, Jesus Christ. And it's through him that we can glorify you. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Joshua Cooley, the author of the Just Out, the biggest win, really about the spiritual life of some of the Philadelphia Eagles. Thanks so much for sharing with us here on Haven Today. Thank you, Charles. Thanks for joining me on today's episode of Great Stories with Charles Morris. And I also want to give a thanks to Joshua Cooley for joining me to discuss the amazing stories of what God is doing throughout the NFL through players who know and love him. And thanks to all the players who joined today's episode as well. Now, if you want to hear more content like this, why don't you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts? And if you enjoyed this episode, please help us get the word out by leaving a five-star review. 
You can also go to haventoday.org and sign up for our weekly email and discover more episodes posted on the blog. And as always, thank you for joining me once again on Great Stories with Charles Morris.